Welcome to the show. We're back. It is November 19th, 2012. You're listening to Factory Sealed. I am the not-so-long-lost Eric Peterson. Joining me is the long-lost Aaron Robison. Have you found me? I don't know. Um, We may have, unless this is a uh, bearded doppelganger. It's possible at this point. (sighs) Hey, Jess is is here, too. What up? Yay. She's been a little bit more present, but... uh, We've all been kind of AWOL. What's it, what's it been since the last show? Uh, I say it's been a month. I'd say it's been uh, about mm, 20 days or so, it's, at least. 21 here's, days. Here's it how it's like a lifetime without hanging out with you guys. Here's how I judge it. Yeah. We've gone four weeks without a show. To me, that's a month. A month is four weeks, except for the ones that have five. Those are still four-week months. Okay. It feels like a lifetime. It does. Figure this out. <laughs> I'm not a. I'm not a cart. No. What? What would you call somebody who teaches calendars? I was going to say cartographer, but that's a map dude. Oh no! I have a really good story. Speaking of cartographers, does it have to do with Halo? No, it has to do with hipsters. I just read oh an interesting har- article about how hipsters are basically scientifically proven to be the the largest douchebags ever. And oh, I they're, don't doubt it. They are destroying the current generation. Oh my god, I can't stand them. And we, um, Andrew took me out for my birthday dinner. And we went to this restaurant in Toronto called Fresh. On Well, there's a bunch of different freshes in Toronto, but it's a vegetarian um, organic restaurant. That's right, you're so vegan, delicious. aren't you? No, I'm not. Okay. Um, but I'm gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, beef-free. So you're so, vegan. No, I like chicken and bacon. bacon. So I'm good on those sides. <laughs> That's so strange. <laughs> Why are you beef free, but you'll eat bacon, which is considered by one of the world's largest religions to be unclean? No, well, I'm not religious, and bacon tastes delicious. So That's all that counts answer. right there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, happy birthday, we, by the way. Thank you. Yes, but we happy got birthday. That, um... Besides these really big hipsters who were sitting there and me and Andrew were like, oh my God, I can't believe we have to sit here beside them. And they were just chatting on about their hipsterness. And then all of a sudden someone said, do you know what like is a really dying art? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's like cartography. You just don't see many map makers anymore. Like people drawing maps. You just, it's, it's a dying art form. I hate hipsters. Oh my gosh. Their their whole goal in life what is to associate. Are you gonna map? Their, their whole goal in life is to associate themselves or or relate to some sort of era that they never lived in, and then take ownership of it. I know. And then they're trying they're to force nostalgia stupid. upon shit that isn't quite nostalgic yet. Gotta hate them. And here we are on a retro podcast. But this has nostalgic <laughs> value to it. Years have passed. But we're not wearing, like, paper-thin mustaches and t-shirts with pairs of glasses on them. And drinking paps and talking about how ironic oh, the games are that we that play. That is the... that's the. I feel like that's the kitsch word of uh, hipsters is, oh, it's so ironic. You know, I feel like it's been so long since we've done a show that this show is almost retro. It could be. 
It's a retro. It's just not ret- cool anymore. Yeah, I, I was in Factory Steel when it was cool. Now it's <laughs> now it's not. Hey, why don't you, don't you go move something else? Why don't you go put on your penny loafers <laughs> and shut up? <laughs> Pop out the lenses out of your black frame glasses. Look, I'm too busy drawing maps for people. Better make sure that you draw them accurately, just, but artistically. Just don't take lessons from iOS six. <laughs> I saw a picture. Uh, I saw a picture of a rainbow from them, and it was they. They had the. I don't know if this was real, but I thought it was pretty funny. They had a uh, a, a rainbow picture taken from an Android or from the the, the uh, Google Maps, and it was this yeah. nice half circle rainbow, just like you'd expect, and then. You show the one from from iOS six, and it's like all sorts of fucked up, and it looked like three sets of the golden arches from McDonald's. I don't doubt it. Their new map system is, dear God, it's awful. Yeah, so awful. So, Aaron, where have you been? Why have we not been able to do a show? I'm gonna lay the blame on you. Well, you know, it's really gonna... partly my fault too. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm take all the blame. pleading innocence in this. Jess is just but, the uh, innocent female bystander. She gets the, to feign for ignorance. For the gamers out there, you, you guys know that I work for GameStop. And, uh, you know, we've had several large launches since our last show. We had uh, Assassin's Creed and Halo and Call of Duty. Um, so my, I've been very working nonstop, you know, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week uh, at work the last couple of weeks. So I just have not had the time to sit down and do anything so are midnight releases still as popular as they used to be not as much anymore because i remember Um, when i was working for gamestop in in lacrosse just down the road from you we had our halo 3 launch and i don't know if you've ever been to the the mall in lacrosse but i have it's the shoebox right talking about yeah gamestop's right in the middle and then when we had the halo 3 launch the line went clear down to the other end of the mall it was like five six hundred people deep yeah. Do you still get that or Call not? Duty. Yeah, we get that occasionally. I have that for Call of Duty. Um, Halo is about a hundred, two hundred. But you know, you're in a town with only one GameStop. I was in a town with uh, you know three. That's true. So the know, the midnight releases little, here in Phoenix well. are pretty lame because there's a GameStop every two blocks. Yeah. So there's actually one area where you can look out the front of one uh, GameStop and and see another one just down the road. Right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. They're. They're they're wide and and thin, but uh, you know real estate's expensive, so it's almost, it's cheaper to rent two buildings. <laughs> yeah, you know, unfortunately. So you've been doing yeah, a lot Walmart. of you've been doing a lot of midnight releases and um, a lot of midnight, a lot of catching up for holiday. Of course, you got Black Friday this week. Um, I got the day off, which was really nice. Um, you don't have to work on Black Friday. Oh, I do, sir. I do. Oh. We're at midnight that day, so yeah, I'm working. Uh, I think it's 11 p.m. Thursday night to. Uh, Three in the morning on Friday, and then I go back and work like eleven to seven or something. It's kind of ridiculous. So, huh? You know, people trying to get their savings. How was uh, how was the Wii U <laughs> launch last night? Well, the Wii U launched on Sunday, and I was there for that. And uh, oh yeah, it was Saturday night, wasn't it, was, it? Sunday, yeah, Saturday night. We didn't do a midnight four. We just opened at normal time. Oh really? Yeah. Um, Why didn't you do a midnight? Well, huh? Why didn't you guys do a midnight? Just. Just I don't know. Said decide not to. Yeah. Said fuck the system. I guess I don't know. All I know is that I sold quite a bit of them. Um, they're very sought after. Uh, I bought mine. I, uh, are they still as hard? To, are they as hard to find as the Wii was when it first came out? 
yes and no. They came out with two versions of it. Mm-hmm. There's the 8-gig white version, the basic, which you can find pretty much everywhere. Yeah, because nobody wants the, to. Then there's the one that you actually want to spend money on, which is a 32-gig, which comes with Nintendo Land and a bunch of other cool stuff um, for $50 more. And that's what's out everywhere. You're not going to be able to find it. But the white ones seem to be at every single store you go to. So hmm. um, It'll still be hard to find, but I don't think it'll be like last time where they put them out every three months, you know, and they give out 10. Yeah. Well, I know this is a I know this is a retro show, but seeing as how you aren't on uh MTP, we didn't get a chance to talk about the Wii U. Can you give us a, a, a quick breakdown of like what's your initial take on it? Is it uh is it better than what we saw at E three? Uh well considering all I saw was at E three and uh, what I saw at my manager's conference, uh it's it's as good, you know. There's they haven't released anything new that makes it more exciting. I have not seen the. I don't have cable TV, mm-hmm. so I haven't had a chance. I haven't had my hooked up yet either. But there's some really cool functions that I didn't know about at E3 that you can use on there now, where it interacts with your TV and it changes the channel for you. And then also you can get like in depth like IMB, IMBD right there. And uh, oh wow, some other sports things. When you're watching sports broadcasts, you can actually get stats from all the players and all things like that too from the tablet. So what games I'm did really you buy with yours? In. Um, uh, none yet because I didn't. I forgot my trade. So, Ooh. <laughs> I'll be getting them. I'll be getting Zombie U. Don't tell. Uh, don't tell Eads that you're gonna trade stuff in. He almost disowned me for wanting to get rid of Halo. Uh, I'll probably trade my Halo Four in. Oof. In the I'll probably trade in a bunch of other stuff that I'm never gonna play. Yeah, I I've been addicted to Halo Four. Like it's. It's changed yeah, you've me. Been intense with it. It has changed me at my core. But, like multiplayer, though. Yeah, I've been really getting getting together with the fan base and and interacting with them. I kind of wish we could do that with more retro games, but I guess you know, gotta take what you can get. Mm-hmm. So, um, as far as the uh, virtual console goes, on there, um, this is one thing that I was kind of curious about, and I guess it relates to retro games, is that. The Wii Virtual Console was a, a massive success. And did you buy a lot of Virtual Console games on your Wii? I did. Did those transfer over to the Wii U? I believe they are, but I haven't found out how to get like the ones I downloaded to my Wii over to that yet. I think I'm going to have to set up and call Nintendo and have that serial number Cause what I'm, saved to that. What I'm really curious about, and I, I, I've heard both sides of this, is that they will transfer... But they won't work on the gamepad itself. You have to play them on the big screen, right? Yeah, and that's that's probably going to be the case. Which to me seems kind of shitty, because that would be uh, that would be awesome to have your entire catalog of virtual console games on your gamepad and be able to play it wherever. Well, no, that's yeah. not interesting. Because I guess we'll have to find out. Because the way they designed that gamepad is meant for that. So if, you, if someone wanted to watch TV, you could continue to play. On there, but I guess it would depend on. But that uh, function's not available on every game. No, not every game. But that's why I'm saying the ones you download might not yeah. be able to have that because of that. So I don't know. I'm so torn on it because Christy and I were at Best Buy today, and I saw it, and we were playing through the Rayman Legends, and be- beautiful game. Yeah. Like if any game developer wants advice on how to do proper art direction, look at the Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends games. Like, those games are so fantastically done. And then I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, this is running on a Nintendo console. And, like, all those those 
nostalgic feelings of of new Nintendo consoles coming out came rushing back up and and I haven't had that in a really long time but then you know my my common sense kicked in I'm like but I've played this there's nothing really good in the launch window that I necessarily want to play um well I think that they if if they're talking about doing remakes or anything like that or want to come up with some good stories anything they made on the on the SNES and uh, Nintendo that had an inventory system, like like say, uh, choose Final Fantasy VII, an example. Everybody loves that. All the Final Fantasy type games, where you had to like hit the menu, stop and go to the menu and change all that stuff. If they can integrate that with the the gamepad, so you continue to play and then do your inventory stuff from the get the pad while you're still doing other things. Oh I think yeah, it's going to be tremendous. That would be really cool. Tremendous. I mean, that's what Zombie U does. That's what kind of Batman Arkham uh, Armored Edition does. So. Uh, if they can get games like that, some of those old school games, and bring them back, or make some new games at that same time of feel, I think it'll be it'll be a, a huge success. Yeah, even if they just rehashed the retro games, not even not even rebuild them, but just put that functionality in there. It's just endless right. possibilities for something like that. Because some of those games, man, you just spend hours and hours in that menu system oh. when you could be walking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, I think it'll be huge. I think for me, though, I'm still. As much as it sucks, um, I think I'm I'm going to wait until the first full fledged Mario game is announced. Not not the side scrolling one, which is fun, but you've played one, you've played them all. Um, plus, I don't have a house full of people to play it with. Yeah, you don't have friends. I don't. No, I have. What happened to all your childhood friends? I just I never had any. It's just all been a lie. Oh. Truth comes out. Grandma, grandma just, my grandma just actually, she actually paid, she paid the neighborhood kids <laughs> to come over oh. and and play video games with me. Well, she can pay all us to come over and play video games. I'm down for that. Right. But then she's gonna say something about the internet. She's like, "Can't you guys do it for free?" And it's just gonna make my feelings hurt more. <sighs> all right. Grandma Peterson. It's not I did, Peterson. I did buy. I did buy a nice uh, <laughs> PS3 version of Borderlands 2, which we have yet to play online. You bought a PS3 version? I bought it like the two days after you said you should get it for the PS3. Oh. <laughs> I played it for maybe 20 minutes. That's <sighs> But then you fell off the face of the earth, so yeah. that's why that conversation didn't go anywhere. I get the yeah, random true. I get the random I love you text message, and that's about it. I just want you to know um, I care. Yeah, well... Oh, from and Aaron. after that text, after that text from last time, I just keep going. <laughs> oh God! Surprised nobody delved further into that. I don't. I didn't want to, so it's okay. <laughs> Jeez. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that in the past four, call it five weeks, you really haven't had much time to play any retro games. Uh, to be honest, I've had no time to play any games. And you work at a video fair. game store. That's... Can you just play them on your lunch break? Hell, we used to play them while working. <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but I actually do work when I'm at work. I don't know. <laughs> I call BS. <laughs> Wait a minute. I I used to run a store that was very slow, and I had time to do that kind of stuff. But in this one here, I you just... can't tell me that the store that we were at was slow. We just that, made a point of the new people that got hired stayed out on the register while we went in the back and played games. 
there, that's a good fair point. Also, you can only have so many people in the in the store at a time, so you, you're forced to sit in the back and play games at that store. Yeah. Or was that the fart store? <laughs> the what? The fart store. Yes, that was the fart box. <laughs> yeah, and when he says box, literally a box. It's... You could take three people, link their arms together, and reach across that place. Have you ever gone to a, a, a restroom? Uh, a, a, not a rest, a restaurant bathroom. You know. That's the yeah. size of the oh. GameStop and the cross. I was actually curious for Jess's response <laughs> there because she was really thinking about it. Like, have I? No, because I was laughing because <laughs> I just kind of keep in my mind. Like, you guys don't say washrooms, right? Washrooms, yeah. La- no, you're in a washroom at a restaurant. It's a bathroom. You it's see, a, we do both, but I'll, crapper. I usually say washroom. It's so when I go down. dumper. It's a lavatory. It's a shithouse. It's a loo. We're not that pretentious. I say washroom. Why? It's, you don't go in there to wash up. You go in there you to... You don't go in there to bath when you're in the restaurant. You go the there to drop room. the Browns off at the Super Bowl. Ew. But, yes. I have <laughs> been right, in the bathroom way, in it, a restaurant. It's, it's very small. It's very small. Your, your shoe closet is probably larger than that store. I don't have a shoe closet. Yeah, I was going to say, Jess doesn't buy that's, shoes. That's the point I'm trying no. to make. Oh, got it. <laughs> now we're good. All right. So last week, I want to say last week, but that just doesn't... It doesn't feel like it's, been, it's been a long time, but we need to, to you guys, it doesn't feel that long that we did, that did no. the last show. We need to make up for it, though, so we'll probably do another show next week just to uh, just just to, just to to get back in your good graces, if you'll have us. I hope they have us. I'll have us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, All right. Well, so <laughs> moving on, I guess. Um, I think we decided to tackle uh, one of my childhood favorites, and and I've talked about it a little bit here and there, but I'm kind of excited that I, that I actually have somebody to talk to about it, somebody who's played more than the title screen. Um, we, but I feel like we could just mute our mics, and it would be the Eric show for the rest of the... No, because I want to hear <laughs> what you have to say about it. Here's what I had to say about it, Eric. Let me start off mine. Let me well, start mine off. We are talking about Illusion of Gaia for the Illusion SNES. of Gaia, which I played. I had played. a chance to turn it on and play it. Okay. With no sound. Ooh! So the opening scene sound? where they show the planet was pretty phenomenal. And then... I decided I wanted to figure out how I get sound, and I never could figure it out. So your extent with, uh, of experience with the game revolved around not even making it to the title screen. Correct. A soundless <laughs> experience. Well. That, 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 that's my input. Now it's I, the you and Jessica show. I really, I'll ask questions. I really I, don't mean to hurt your feelings, but I think we're going to uh, leave your opinion out of the <laughs> final verdict of this game. <laughs> That's fine, but in the meantime, I will ask I will ask questions, in depth questions about the your game experience oh, that the fans will want to hear. Please do so. Um, in a nutshell, and Jess, you can add to this this nutshell if you so please. Uh, Illusion of Gaia is a I want to classify it as an early action RPG. I think that's I I'll think that's a fair it. assessment, right? Yes. Okay, so what you would equate to, you know, top-down overworld, you've got enemies that you can actively attack, but it's got it's got some pretty basic RPG elements to it. Very, very heavy in the story department. Um, you assume the role of Will, whose father 
um, took him on an adventure to the Tower of Babel and was lost. His whole expedition was lost. They don't explain in any way how Will makes it back to town of, of South Cape, where he just goes through this severe bout of, I guess you could call it depression, and then he, he's he's longing to reconnect with his father and um, through a series of events gets launched into this this adventure that takes him across the globe with a bunch of different people uh, scouring the ruins for um, signs of his father because he wants to see if his father is actually still alive at the Tower of Babel. Um, I think he missed out a, a key um, element of this plot. If it's about the goddamn pig. <laughs> <laughs> Two key elements of okay. this plot. Give me the first. Give me the, give me the good one. Uh, the grandma's pie that tastes very strange. <laughs> I have a picture of that, actually. Okay, <laughs> so before we go any further, the dialogue in this game, I think, Jess, you put it very very well, is is quite Japanese. <laughs> you can tell it was very poorly translated. Um, it does a really good job of, of carrying over the meaning, but it was done by Enix, which is a Japanese company that was popular for the Dragon Warrior Dragon Quest games. And um, in 2003, they merged with Squaresoft to make what we know now as Square Enix. So, you know, it's coming from a reputable company that's that's got a little bit of experience behind them. But uh, yeah, there's a there's there's a part in there. Um, I think we can give away the the first. I don't want to say twist, but what really sets Will out on his expedition is uh, there's a there's a castle just north of town, and this spoiled brat princess. What? What's her name? Kara. Kara. Yeah, you lo- you don't like Kara. I think she's kind of no. a, uh, a a nice character. She's she one of bossy. these. Yeah, she's one of these princesses that she she loves all the finer things in life and decides she wants to escape from the castle and stumbles into South Cape and somehow ends up with Will and his grandparents and and Will comes home to find uh, Kara eating her eating his grandmother's pie. <laughs> And just the way, just the way that the dialogue is written is quite hysterical. I'm trying to remember what's the what's the exact line that uh, had me just pissing myself. I think it's Lily who says like, "Oh, I've had your grandma's pie, and it's it's strange tasting." Or something. Yeah, it tastes kind of strange. I mean, it's just obvious sexual allusion to this. Hold on, I took a picture. I took a picture. Of it. I want to see if I can. Uh, oh, my battery's too low. I can't look at my pictures. Anyway. Jess's favorite character makes a very early and and very shallow appearance. Significant, oh, significant. It is not appearance. okay. Who is it? Hamlet the pig. <laughs> that the greatest name ever for a pig. But it's just, okay. So this princess has a has a has a pet pig named Hamlet, and he plays a very vital role in in breaking you out from prison and 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 launching you forth on your adventure. Yeah, he's like he's the backbone of this entire plot. You don't see him for the next twenty hours of the game. That doesn't mean you don't feel him in your heart. That's true. But you would you eat him if it came down to it? No. You just said you ate bacon. I'd eat the strange fish or the strange pie that uh <laughs> You'd eat gra- <laughs> you'd eat grandma's pie? <laughs> yes. As opposed to Hamlet. I don't know. Grandma's pie tastes pretty strange. <laughs> oh, Grandma. 
Okay, so the game itself. I'm kind of curious. I've played through this game more times than I care to. Um, I, it's been probably five, five, six years since I played it last, and and um, since switching my my mindset more towards um, analyzing games, looking at this game now, I see a lot of things that I didn't quite pick up on when I was a kid. Um, but before we get to that, I just I want to hear what you have to say about this game because I've played it before. I've got really goofy, nostalgic moments with it that I'm pretty sure you don't have because you said you'd never played this before, correct? Yeah, I was a newbie to this one, but um, I had some very passionate moments maybe sometimes playing sometimes where I wanted to throw like my whole computer out of the window. Um, but it was it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think that kind of looking back on um, just even the storyline, it seemed to really drive. And I won't talk about Hamlet anymore, even though I love him. <laughs> but it did really seem to drive the, the game, and it progressed really nicely. Um, it, it was pretty tough in some aspects. There was a lot of challenging parts to it, but... Well, the storyline itself is... It's kind of... It's interesting because games like this... Uh, this came out in 94. Um, games back then... Yeah, we had role-playing games like our Final Fantasies and Dragon Quests, but games weren't really pushing the limits of storytelling back then. You know, it was more focused on quick, cheap gameplay um, with the occasional really intense storyline here and there. And this game actually really falls into that that category. But what really caught me off guard this time playing it through was some of the 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 deeper concepts that this game was really pushing. And for the mid '90s, like this stuff was really really forward thinking for a game. And each one of the towns that you visit, if you really delve into it, has a completely rich story on the underside of it if you if you dig into it and you talk to all the characters and you find out exactly what's going on um what's cool about south cape when you first start out is that you have this little seaside cave with all your friends that that you go to after school and and each one of your friends family lives in town and if you want to you can go and visit their their family's house and oh and heartbreaking you can learn that's what's really going on with these kids and I guess for me, being a teacher, I, I, you could relate too, Jess, is that you you understand why these kids don't go home after school because of what's going on at, at home. I mean, one parent's kid, one kid's parents are just in in brutal arguments on the brink of divorce, throwing things yeah. at each other. <sighs> yeah, and they they're talking about you know not wanting the kid and no how they stay together for the kid and. You know, it's just just like different elements of this story that you can completely ignore. But if you delve into it and you find it like these are just intense elements within this story. And then the whole the whole relationship with Will and Kara, like Will is this really reckless cavalier adventure type. And then Kara's, you know, from from the other side of the tracks, ritzy royalty. And I guess you could kind of, if you want to relate it to another RPG that most people have played, is Final Fantasy IX. Kind of the uh, the the similarity or the the relationship between Zidane and um, Princess Garnet. Have either of you played that? I have, yeah, yeah. So I know what you're talking about in that game. Like she's she goes from royalty, but she has this this yearning to kind of see what real life is like, 
and you see that develop throughout the story but then Kara I guess for reasons that Jess hates her dialogue it just took too long that's really why I hate her what do you what do you mean it took too long Every single time you had to talk to Kara, it was like, oh, here's a huge amount of dialogue that you have to go through. And I was just being impatient. But and it just seemed unnecessary. And then I didn't like her and Lily and how they were kind of pseudo fighting about Will at the beginning. Yeah, I could never figure it out. Lily is this... What, it, what is she? She's a... She was sent to... Flower child. Yeah, she was. she was sent from the village of Itori, to guide Will through kind of his his adventures. And mm-hmm. does she have a crush on Will or... At the beginning, I think they were trying to do like a love triangle. And I'm just not a love triangle type of person. The irritates me. <laughs> but um, it's just such an overused storyline. And I, I feel like it's overused all the time. Well, in a lot of video games yeah. because it's just cheap and easy. But um, I think Lily had a crush like, on like true good Will. In true what? <laughs> in true good love triangles. Oh, cheap yeah. Cheap and easy. <laughs> you think Lily but, had a crush on Will? Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, she's always turning into a po- into a flower and going into his pocket. So, yeah, I could see I that. Know. It doesn't and say which pocket want... either. It's true. And she didn't want Kara to come along at the beginning either. Yeah, I could see because that. Because she wanted Kara Will to herself. Spoiled brat. She is, and it's kind of... But she develops a bit over this. Over well, there's the there's one game. key point where you really do kind of see her develop. And um, so th- the the main point is that you progress through, and I think I mentioned this on the last show, is that you progress through the... I don't know if you want to call them Seven Wonders of the World, but like these famous... Um, these famous ancient wonders you have to go through and and collect these mystic statues in order to unlock the Tower of Babel and resolve the story. But um, after six? the what's that? Aren't there six towers or um, statue things? Yeah, you're right. There's six. Um, so after the first boss battle, you you land on this this golden ship, and Will kind of goes through this 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 altered state of mind like he doesn't really know what's going on and uh when he wakes up the ship is is completely uh in shambles and and everybody on it is dead and the ship gets destroyed and he and Kara are left floating on this raft for three weeks and and that's the part that um where her character really develops because she's kind of at the complete bottom of like rock bottom of life there is no lower than you can get than being set adrift out on the ocean with no chance of survival and they have no food and will wants to eat the fish that are are swimming around and she gets all pissed off like i'm not gonna hurt the fish that's where i connected with her a little bit yeah and she said i can't remember her exact comment but she said something about not wanting to eat him and will said so you would rather you would rather starve than eat them and she said something to the effect of i can't hurt them they're just they're they're too cute oh fish have feelings fish have feelings too Oh yeah they hurt when you something like that yeah and that's i thought that was really kind of interesting because for a game back then to kind of be touching on concepts of what i guess we could consider to be animal rights if you want to give it a name um that's not the first time that it comes up either you know later in the story that again they they continue to talk about about animal rights and and 
how people treat animals and the relationship between human and animals. But on top of that, too, um, one of the favorite cities of mine in there is, um, I think I've been pronouncing it wrong this whole time. I always used to call it Frisia, but it's F-R-E-E-J-I-A, right? Oh, yeah, Frija, maybe? I don't know. But anyway, it's this really cool city where there's rose petals floating around everywhere. And you walk in and... Um, this is one of the cities where you can kind of see the, the, the dark underbelly is the, the first person that, yeah. that greets you says, welcome to, to, to Frisia, blah, 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 blah. And then you talk to the next person and they say, you know, do not be deceived by the beautiful things because every rose has rose th- petals in the air. Yeah, it's it's, nice it uses the cliche statement of every rose has a thorn. But then you start digging into the city and you find out that there's this insane um, labor trade going on with child labor and slavery and that kind of drives you into the next major dungeon where you have to go into the diamond mind and save all these child labor or these child slaves. And it's intense. There are some intense parts in that. And you can even sell out one of the slaves for, uh, the red stones or rubies. What are they called? The red jewels. Red jewels. Did you sell I, them I out? I couldn't. No, God, no, I couldn't do it. And that was really cool. Cause there are, there are these red jewels that you can collect throughout the game. And there's a jeweler in every city that you can turn your jewels into. And as you collect jewels, um, I think there's a hundred throughout the entire game. I could be wrong. But um, as you collect them, you rank up with different items that you get. It's basically just like a, a an ancient achievement system, if you want to call it that, where you these jewels are really well hidden. And there's actually one in, in um, South Cape, the very first town, that I can never remember how to get. But when you walk out of the when you walk out of their cave, there's that guy that's fishing, and somehow you can get him to switch and be over in front of the uh, in front of the, the the cave hideout where the boys are, and there's a red jewel in there. I have no idea how to get that again. So, but you didn't sell out the you didn't sell out the child laborer. God no, I feel like you would have though. No, I didn't. I that's oh, one. You're usually a baddie in games. I, for some reason, I can't do this one bad can't do it because it's so innocent and nice yeah i was hoping that you would get past the vampires let's talk about the boss battles for a little bit i was hoping i was too the boss battles start with the first one that was awful as well you thought that one was awful oh my god it was it really was okay wait before we do that there are there are some i guess i don't know if you want to call them rpg elements to it but you can switch between as it stands the point where you are is two characters um, Will, who's got this crazy power of telekinesis, you can move things around. They don't explain why he has it. He just is able to twirl. And he's a little psychic. Yeah, he's able to twirl his wand around and move big, heavy things. Um, and guess cards right. Yeah. No matter which card you guess, it's always right. I know. But uh, then, for some reason, you can switch into this white knight named Frieden, and he's super powerful and all that. But um, you struggled with the first boss on this one? Oh my god, it was horrible. Like, I so, so struggled. And I think if I went back now, I would have no problem with it. But I don't know if it was just getting used to the game or what. But it was, it was hell. It's the classic where, case. Oh, go ahead. Where, where was this fight at? You know what area it was in? This was in the first, uh, the first ruins. And this is kind of the, the initial fight that kind of shows you how the rest of the game is going to break down. And um, you're fighting this demon in this... He pops up out of a pit, and he's got... Hell demon. 
Yeah, Hell Demon. He pops up out of the pit. He's got two hands that will smash you, and then you have to hit each hand off. And then his... It's like four or five strikes are good. Yeah, I think with Frieden it's four or five. And then... Um, what do you... I, I'm drawing a blank on what you have to do after that. Well, because then you have to... When his eyes get big, you have to smack him in the face. Um, and you have to do that. Oh, but he's know. shooting those lasers around the room that bounce he's around. He's shooting the lasers around, and then there's fireballs that go around the room too. So it's all about like dodging, hit, hit, hit. Yeah, it dodging, it's, hit, hit, hit. It's your typical retro game yeah. of just memorize the pattern, but it's it's varied enough where you have to do it just perfectly. Yeah. And I think I got the I got lucky and just kind of charged up and just started mashing it. And then I used one herb to uh, heal up and got him. But the the boss after that. Uh, oh, see, that was my problem. Because I didn't have any herbs left because I used them all in the dungeon because I didn't know how uncommon they were. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I don't feel comfortable with my lives. Let's just heal myself instead of waiting for the dark matter, dark space, which we proved probably touch on too what are you talking about yeah, in that game you could go to the dark spot that's where you could save yeah and i think you would get in health and, and you got there. healed oh yeah yeah you could, Gaia. you could talk to the big goofy statue and uh she was cool i like her the, you could tell this is a, a game made in japan again because the b button the a button on the right is the one to, to like advance everything and just playing modern games. I'm so used to the the bottom button. <laughs> so she would you'd go to record and then she's like, "Do you want to continue your journey?" And I'd just be tapping on the bottom button. She's like, <laughs> "No, stay and rest a while." And then the game will just go blank, not go blank, but your character will disappear and you'd just be staring at Gaia out in space and like this really soothing, calm music will just keep playing. And did you ever did you ever do that? Because the music that nope. is in there flips over to something that's just awesome. I used to. I remember when I was a kid. I used to to flip to do that, and then start doing homework and just have that music playing in the background. Back before we had uh, YouTube to to listen to music and stuff like that. Hmm. Interesting I stuff. Did not do that. Yeah. I'm cool. trying to remember the. Okay, so the cliff boss. We you had no problem or you had a little bit of trouble with. Then, that was in the. What, that was in the ruins. Yeah, that was the very first. Yeah, it's because I had no herbs. No herbs. Good old herb coal. Owner of the yep. Timberwolf Milwaukee box. No, I I'm trying. You lost me when Her, you Herb Cole, the guy that owns Coles. Departments are shut up. You're the only one talking, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody out there will will follow me on this one. Nope. Um, the joke is that you're pronouncing it Herb, and it's Herb. 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 Silent H. Herb is a name. Herb is a plant. Oh. Uh. Whatever. You guys are holding on to some of that old British crap. So the next one was the... You're yeah, I feel th- like I would say herb. It's herbal. No, it's an herbal remedy. It's herbal tea. It's herbal tea. It's herbal tea. Ugh. <sighs> To be fair, we're probably both right. The English is, uh, the British English is definitely, they pronounce a lot of the silence. That Good old Queen's tongue. Yeah, because, whatever. Continue. Yeah. the I'd say the one level that I do not like in that game, I really enjoyed the Diamond Mind. Um, I don't even remember what the boss in that level was. The bird, I think. 
No, the bird was the in... The bird is the last one in the tower, I believe. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Isn't it? In the Tower of Babel? No. No, the isn't bird's that, early. Isn't that, a big, uh, isn't that a big bird, the final boss? I don't Firebird? think so. Oh, sure? the he brings bird up, that I'm he, talking he, about is just the feather bird. The feather bird? He releases feathers that... No, you're thinking of the Sky Garden. Oh, Sky Garden. Yeah, that's And the I'm Sky Garden about. sucks dong. That one was... I actually like that one. It was kind of neat to like jump off the side and flip to the underbelly, and what you do on the bottom it's... side controls what happens on the top. Yeah, except for the fact that I couldn't... Um, I didn't know how to run fast. I didn't know that was an option. You didn't know that you double tap over to run? Nope. Nope. Didn't know that. So Sometimes you got all the way up to that point and didn't know how to run? Yeah. The first dude that you encounter in the game tells you how to run. Actually, second. You go up from the, the... Did you go upstairs from the school right away or did you just go out the front door? I don't think I ever went upstairs from the school. Oh, because you drop down from the top. The dude's like, hey, don't jump off the building. You jump off the building. Then the guy down below says, hey, you like to run, don't you? I jumped off and the then building. He tells you how to double. He tells you how to run. Oh, well, anyway, I didn't know how to run. So how did you accidentally figure this out? I guess I was just doing it. Like, sometimes I'd run, sometimes I wouldn't. I'm like, why am I doing this? But I got stuck so bad on... There's like two ramps and you're supposed to run down one and run up the other. Mm-hmm. And I probably spent a good half an hour. No, probably longer than that trying to figure out what the hell to do to get myself up this ramp. And it was hell. I was trying my like telepathy to try to move things and just wasn't working. And then I was just kind of playing around and realized <laughs> what I was doing to make myself run. Yeah, there's a... Uh... There are some points in that game that just kind of suck, like uh, the entire level of Moo. Oh. That place sucks so hard. That's got to be one of the most difficult boss battles in retro gaming, I think, are the two vampires at uh, at this palace of Moo. Up until, up until this point in the game, most of the boss battles are pretty straightforward. You can switch into Frieden right near the boss battle. This one, mm-hmm. no. Complete other side of the map. It's It's a pain in the ass to try to get back there. And, and then, all the enemies are alive again, so you have those stupid ghosts. Those I'm going to tell you something. Did you know ghosts. that you can use your telepathy to block their, their balls? No. Yeah, you're welcome. I still hate them. They're and same so with the same with the big heads. old rock dudes. They throw the rocks at you, you can block them. But the I found with the ghosts, they just they would send their little stupid ball of flamey stupidness around you and you just kind of run away and it i didn't really get hit with them as much but it was they were just annoying also if you're will you can slide under them with his little slide kick oh yeah so um, i like the rock guys they were easy to like sneak around and you could just keep moving and hitting them and they rarely figured out your game plan yeah so this is is i feel like this is as far as we should talk in the game because it's it gets this is kind of the 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 uh, fulcrum of the game when things start to tip and like from here on out things get kind of intense and more of the story is unveiled and I thought it was kind of the the one other thing that I thought was kind of weird that just happened was when they were at the Naztec ruins they just suddenly introduced this entire concept of the Cygnus constellation with this red star down below like it just comes out of absolutely nowhere 
you know, you're like six, seven hours into the game. It's like, oh, hey, there's this big old comet by the Cygnus constellation. That means everything. And his long lost cousin that he never mentioned before. And Oh, yeah, the guy that invents airplanes. I thought it was really goofy the way that they introduced him. He walks in. He hasn't seen him in three years. He's like, hey, Will, you've grown. And then Kara goes, this place stinks. He's like, I've worn these. I've worn these socks for a month, and the other guy's like, "Well, I've only had mine on for three weeks, so you win." And then everyone sits down and has scones. I know, and I think it's very weird too. Like, I don't know. I don't know what this world's like. If maybe only one person in the entire name or in the entire world is named Neil, yeah. he was like, "Oh, there's this weird old guy Neil who lives in this place. Well, oh, that must be my cousin." You, okay, you can't fault him for. Uh, basic storytelling elements true so in all i think this game definitely if you're one that's looking for a game that actually has like a gripping storyline to it it's to be fair it's kind of basic but there's so much room for interpretation um the next city that you get to is a floating uh a floating city and there's this huge um illegal gambling ring that has that that the kids are uh, that the some of the characters get sucked into and it has to do with cyanide and russian roulette and it's kind of a dark game if you really think about it mm-hmm. and i was trying to figure out what like the overarching concept of this game is and i think because so many of these these ancient societies that you visit you get a lot of story text that that talks about this, I want to use the word calamity, but then people are going to compare it to Final Fantasy VII. Um, this this disaster that happens. We don't know what this disaster is. And all of these ancient civilizations crumble. So I'm thinking that this game kind of focuses on like the degradation of human society. And, and you're kind of experiencing this as a person going through and, and, and learning what's happened to these societies while you're going on your own little superficial adventure to find your dad. Yeah. And I can see a lot of like, it kind of reminds me of a not coming of age, but looking at kind of the way that innocence in children is lost because they're very young, these kids. And they're coming from horrible homes and they go on this adventure. And I don't know if they're just trying to escape their previous homes. Like, both his parents are gone. Everyone else's parents are horrible. Kara's parents. Well, I think that's it's, that's interesting, people. too, is that it's not just they come from terrible homes, but the game is showing you that there are two sides to the word terrible. Like, you can have, there is such thing as having too much money. Um, I still come across people who are like, hey, I, I want to have tons of money. And it's like, that doesn't instantly make you happy. And I think that's kind of what this game is trying to, to, to drive home, too, is that you have to come of age by leaving behind whatever is behind you and experiencing the world for what it really is. Hmm. And that's getting deep. Yeah, that's it's interesting for a game that that's this old and was kind of in an era of, you know, I want to say shallow games, you know, because look in your Super Nintendo collection. How many of those games really did you put in and and they didn't require the the depth of gameplay that games today like Skyrim or Borderlands or stuff like that really requires? I know I chose two terrible examples, but <laughs> they're the two that are sitting on my oh. desk. So 
Oh, you make a good point. So that's my two cents on Illusion of Gaia. Did you did did did, did you like it? That's the key because I you know me I I love it. Um, I really I really liked it. I would absolutely play it again. I was telling you earlier that I'm sad I never played it when I was younger, but yeah, I absolutely enjoyed it. I actually have the um, the theme from Akari Village, a Tori Village, as my alarm clock in the morning. Oh, really? Yeah, just kind of a little piece of nostalgia. But there, this is actually part of a trilogy. There is um, there's a game that comes before it called Soul Blazer, and they don't really tie together at all. But you can definitely. It uses the same type of character model, same gameplay model, but it's more along the lines of like a a uh, act razor type game where you go into these dungeons kind of the same way layout, but you collect different pieces of the town and then the town is rebuilt as you collect these pieces and people give you different things for, for saving them and then you move on to the next area and do the same thing. And then the third one never made it to America, but there's translations called Terranigma. So I'm sure we'll eventually get to those someday. Aaron, any deep questions? Uh, I don't have any deep questions per se. I have some fa- I have some interesting uh, tidbits. Give them to me. All right. So since we're on here, and I I didn't get a chance to play, I was talking to some friends of mine. Um, that I used to play the games with back in the day, and I brought up that we were going to be playing this, and he gave me some interesting little tidbits uh, about the game and what he thought of it. Okay. Um, so I thought I'd share that here. Um, there was uh, a couple different versions of it, you know, that, that came out, of course, or the, the Japanese and the, and the American, mm-hmm. and um, they made a, some subtle differences, and they actually the American version got what the developers uh, wanted in the final boss, compared to the uh, the Japanese one. They just weren't he wasn't happy with how it turned out. Oh, yeah. So like, uh, I believe in the. In the in the in the Japanese one, it's like a statue that comes to life, like wings and a talon. Okay. And then in this one, it's uh, like the 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 bird, you know that mm-hmm. that that comes into play. From what I remember, the ending is is really cool. I know that a lot right. of people. I've been reading reviews of people playing this game recently called To the Moon, and it's mm-hmm. a kind of a retro RPG that really tugs at, at your heartstrings. And from what I remember, last time I played it, it's obviously it's not going to make you break out in tears but like it's a really heartfelt ending that's mm-hmm. that's totally worthy of the adventure and and talking to him that my take on it and uh, just coming off from that i believe the whole thing uh was it was a dream you think so i think i think that uh he lost his father in a shipwreck he got back um to civil, you know, he save up and then that, during that time though he he had a dream about what what, what happened cuz then when they he loses his memory at the very end, and they have to, you know, they come back, and they're all friends in the real world, and they're at like in a modern school, and it's a huh. different uh, setting. Um, but the, if you think of the title, it's Illusion of Earth, you know. Yeah. Like, that it's it's all not real, and he has his other form, the Shadow, uh, not as long as as Freedon. Um, so there's a different different aspects of that in there in the play too, and the, how they're all kind of drawn together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was my take on. I think I think it's a that's interesting like to be that. a dream, and I think that that kind of relates to having like the dark space too, and like being this very important part. He could, yeah, that's a kind of cool concept that he can create this world where he's the champion and has to save 
the world. When I know a, a lot of really... people, if that if if that's how they interpret it, or if that's that's what it really was meant to be, a lot of people might cry, you know, cliche. But then again, you have to remember when this came out. That right. storytelling device of having something, have this entire grandiose adventure being a dream, was still a new concept to people. Yeah, this was way before the Matrix came out. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> and and also there's a in the interesting fact that I have here for you, um, and I believe it's in how oh, the hell did he say? It's like Ancock War or something on an island, I think. Anchor Watt. Anchor Watt. There we go. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were originally cannibals in the Japanese version. Really? And you would see skeleton bones laying around. Um, what ones were those? That's what they would eat. This is Anchor Wat. This is uh, yeah. past the vampires. Oh, okay. Yeah. So damn vampires. And I do remember playing this game back in the day because I I saw the the cover for it. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. And I, I remember playing that game, but it's been so long that I can't remember all the tidbits. But as you guys were talking about, it, I'm like, okay, I remember that. That yeah. sounds familiar. This is and, that. Uh, this is one game that I know a lot of kids, and I use that term loosely, um, don't really purchase their own games. Even nowadays, parents buy their kids a lot of video games. And me, I I shouldn't be one to talk. I hardly bought any of my own games. <laughs> but this one is, for some reason, the only one that sticks with me as being the one game that I purchased with my own money. And that might be one of the reasons why it, it is so near and dear to me but i'll never get sick of this game well i'm definitely on the track to play it i was actually at a retro gaming store um, looking for the copy because i i just happened to be somewhere in the cities and i came across the store and uh, they had the old systems there too and i almost bought a super nintendo had i found the illusion of guy game. they've got tons of them down here it's only like four or six bucks if you want me to pick it up and bring it back to you when i'm in wisconsin i'll do that yeah, go for it. And then, uh, well, yeah, because up here they were charging. Uh, when I talked to the guy, he said, "Yeah, that game would be in the cabinet here." No. And all the games in the cabinet are around like thirty or forty bucks. No, Illusion of Guy is a cheap game if you. Well, uh, probably in your area because everybody has it. You know what I mean? Everything yeah. in the area is different. Where you, how fast, how easy can you get it? Yeah. Um, and they also had one of those. Uh, I almost bought one of the machines anyway, but they had one of those triple machines. So it, oh, the, the, the uh, FC Ultra. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was called Ultra. It was something. Is it the one that plays the NES, the Super Nintendo, and the Genesis? Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah, they had they had those there. They were like sixty bucks or something. Really? Um, Seventy? I can't remember. Um, I almost bought one of those, and I had I found the games that I wanted. I even looked for Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers or Bucky O'Hare? Bucky O'Hare. I still have not been able to find a copy of that. I've had Rogers on my brain forever. I was talking to somebody about a book that he wrote. His main character in there is. I keep seeing Rogers. It's It's Kevin. Sorry. So you have time to read, but you don't have time to. Uh... You, sir, have your priorities in the wrong place. Well, it's easier to Busted. pick up a. It's easier to pick up a book, and pick up a gaming console and TV, and bring it to work with me for my. <laughs> you work in a gaming store. Yeah, come you, on. You can't tell me there's not a free TV somewhere. Just to let you know, I he, I read this book a year ago. Okay, you're <laughs> forgiven then. We were just talking about it the other day. So there was another game that that one of our listeners asked me to play, and I'm not going to lie, I didn't play a whole lot of it for one simple reason. I couldn't figure it the fuck out. Um, Is is it Taboo the Sixth Synth? No, it's it's a game that I'm sure I would like. 
if I didn't absolutely suck at it. But uh, they recommended Hexen, the that game that was built off the id engine. It's basically a Doom clone with oh, right. um, medieval elements. Okay. Oh, okay. And I don't know what it was. Basically, you just... It's got this insanely long opening cutscene that really didn't hold my interest past the the first couple sentences. Um, but then again, storyline happens to other people, especially in these games. Um, but not Illusion of Gaia. So I hop into the game. They just drop you in based on what character you choose. And I chose the brawler because I'm like, yeah, this guy's going to just whoop some ass. I'm going to walk around with a big sword. I'm going to hit stuff. I'm going to beat the game. And I'm going to say it was cool. I die on the very first enemy because all I have are my stupid fists. So like, okay. I think I watched a playthrough of this game recently. Yeah, it's it it is exactly like Doom. If you played the original Dooms, it is Doom. That's that's it. Yeah, because I love the original Doom, but I think someone maybe someone posted a playthrough on Reddit or something. I can't remember. I mean, even some of the sound effects are the same. The levels look the same, except they changed some of the yeah. the walls to look like castles. The monsters and- look identical too yeah the same the the same growls and stuff the same sound effects for when you punch but i got to like the second room and then i still didn't have any weapons i picked up some item i could figure out how to bring up my item bar but i couldn't figure out how to use the item and Mm. then i got swarmed and died and i tried it probably 15 times before i'm like you know what either this game is crap or i suck at it and i'm probably just going to go with the latter of the two that was a PC one that he recommended, right? They have it on PC, and I uh, had a PS1 copy of it. Oh, okay. So I don't want to say the game is trash because it's probably really cool. Um, I just sucked at it. I didn't really get a whole lot of time to to tackle it, but I don't know. Maybe if you guys can stumble upon a copy of it, see if you can get further than the second room. <laughs> You you have it on PS One? I do. All right, bring bring that too. Okay, because we're gonna have a <laughs> we're gonna have a little powwow here, and actually, exactly one month from now, I will be back within Aww. I will be back within touching distance of you. Well, we need Cuddling to plan it distance. so I can take the day off, and that way we can uh, we can just sit and play games all day and do podcasts. Woo! Like that, we could play a game, too. and we could like do the podcast as we're playing the games and talk about like, oh, how yeah. bad we suck at these games. Or how oh yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, you guys want to do some emails? Actually, yeah, do, you, sure. do you have anything? Jess, did you play anything else? Um, actually, we, me and my hubby played a lot of N64. That's right. You were telling me that... Uh, which one did you start off playing? We Well, I've been playing... Um, we played a lot of Goldeneye together. Okay, yeah. You and I were talking about oh that a little God. bit. It was giving me headaches. Like, I don't know. It's because we have... I think our TV is 46 or 48 inches. Oh, those games do not scale. No, they I tried, do not. I tried playing mine on my uh, projector when I had it set up at you know Mario Kart 64. I'm like, this is going to be awesome, 300 inches of Mario Kart, and it just looked like crap. Yeah, I feel totally like, oh, first world problems, <laughs> and GoldenEye yeah. looks awful. My video games are screen. too big. Oh, no. But yeah, it was... It was really fun. I loved playing it. Like, it really brought me back to... Did it take you a while to get used to the controls again? Oh, my God. Awful. (laughs) It took me a a bit because I kept pressing buttons that didn't exist. You can actually, believe it or not, you can set it up so that it plays like a modern first-person shooter. They had settings for that, so they were anticipating 
dual joysticks, I guess, if, if that's what you want to say, where the C buttons would act like your normal right joystick now. Oh, really? Yeah. I, now I'm trying to think. I would use, I think I'd use the C buttons for, it was very, like, kind of primitive movements in a sense, where the you way can that, kind of Yeah, the way I remember side. it was the left joystick moved you forward and back, and then it looked left and right, and then the, mm-hmm. right, the C buttons looked up and down and then strafed left and right. Yeah, you could, like, pop around corners pretty quick and... Pr- more efficient using the C buttons too, but um, I don't know. It was I had a lot of fun playing that. We um, had a uh, when we did the devastation tournament down here um, in October. We had a, a mana tank booth there, and a bunch of people showed up, and we were running Golden Eye tournaments. And some people still play that quite a bit because they were super good. Well, that's the thing, and like all the maps started coming back. Like it was oh, yeah. hilarious. It's it's terrible how empty those maps are though with four people because we're used to playing games with thirty two or sixteen and well we just had two like Andrew and I were just playing like to kill each other just to play we weren't adding any uh... did you play slappers yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> it's the best and big head slappers too oh yeah big head they had so many secrets paintballs big head. Um, yeah. didn't they have one where they made you super short? Yeah. We, whenever but, we played, we would always say you cannot be odd job because you had to aim down to hit him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I liked, um, perfect dark a lot. We played, I think we played perfect dark, um, more than we did golden eye at my house. I always get perfect dark and jet force Gemini mixed up. Perfect dark is basically golden eye. Okay. Jet it's force this- Gemini was kind of the little space space dude that had the uh what am i thinking of he had like this didn't he have like this little green sidekick i think so i need to fact check this because i'm probably people are probably cringing but um perfect dark was like very similar maps weapons were all the same yes um, they had like upgraded weapons so you could do more alien tech stuff but okay <laughs> and then you played some mario right of course. I think we need to save the Mario chat for when we have our our uh, special guest on. Yep, I'm good with that. Did Mario? You, have you have you heard about our special guest, Aaron? I've heard that the gentleman. Oh, don't give it away. Maybe on the show. Yeah, it's somebody that's been on MTP. He's pretty. He's kind of a big deal. So we'll put it that. Pretty big way. deal that when I say his name, nobody's heard of him. Well, how many... I'm not going to say anymore. True people, true fans will know him. That's true. It's like people who know who Brina is. But then if you if you expand upon who he is, people are like, oh, hey, 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 I know him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, all right, you guys want to do some emails? Let's do it up. Sure. All right, there's a... I got to figure out... When was our last show? The 25th? Okay. Um, that's a really, really long email from Jason Jones. I probably should have screened it to pull out the gist of it. Um, way to be prepared. You had five weeks to do I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cite, uh, the one and only Mr. Matt Eads and the best shows are done without screened emails. Um, okay. Here's the gist. I've just been screen screening it here. He says, Were you just saying something nice about Eats? I did. He and I have wow. been kind of buddy buddy lately. He's not uh, on wood or something. Yeah, he's not been completely hating me, and I've yeah, it's been sweet. 
All right. Mm, grumpy pants. Doesn't know how to land a plane. Ooh. All right. I have always been a huge Sega fan. My first console was a Mega Drive, which I think for America that equates to the Genesis. What? Correct. What was the? Is it? A, is it a Mega Drive? <laughs> I'm just adding my own personal thoughts in here. Is the Mega well, Drive the Genesis, or is the, the the Mega Drive? Yeah, the Sega Mega Drive. I've never heard of the Sega Mega Drive. Let's the Google Sega it. Master System. Yeah, the Sega Genesis is also known as the Sega Mega Drive. Okay. Okay. There anyway, continuing. Um, he says that placed him firmly in Camp Sega, if not only because the console was indestructible. Uh, he says his question is, where did it all go wrong for Sega? They made so many great games and were such a force in the world of games, but while Nintendo has managed to revamp, well, he says Nintendo have managed, but I'm going to go on a rant and say that that companies are singular. <laughs> if you ever write anything for me and have a company, plural, I'm going to explode. Um, oh, I love that rant when I yeah. first met you. <laughs> that was a big rant um, because I had to edit so many people's stuff. Anyway, but while Nintendo has managed to revamp and rely on the Mario cash cow, Sega has fallen upon year upon year resorting to multiple crappy sonic games surely games like off protocol prove they had the potential to be one of the bigger game franchises so he wants to know where did it all go wrong he i can tell you where it went wrong he enjoyed games like tasmanian devil okay sure t2 the crazy arcade game fantasy star 2 which is awesome and the sonic games so aaron hit me with it where they go wrong all right here's where they went wrong first one the second controller was crap they had two. They had two layers of buttons on there, and you had to switch between the two to use them. No, the the okay. official now, Sega controller only had one row of three. Only buttons. Only had one, but then they came out with that that Sega Genesis. And I have one of those. It was, it was crap. That that's yes. that's the first step. Okay. Second step was uh, they 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 tried to put their money in the Sega Saturn, which was the one of the first disc based ones before the PlayStation One and Two became really big. Um, no, 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 no. Okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, gonna... All right, I'm just going with this. Style. This is how I saw progress. I got you. So I, I got you. You can, you guys can filter me later. So, <laughs> so that that happened, and then what also happened was the other people were getting in the market. Uh, Nintendo was getting theirs in there, and then other companies were actually buying out rights to certain uh, game titles that companies wanted to put out, mm-hmm. just so people couldn't put them out. And Sega became more of the less of a the hardware mega steam and they had their certain games where they couldn't get the the games they needed to put on their system because the other companies were buying the rights to certain games. I think that's a I think that's a huge part of it is for the longest time that's all it was was Nintendo and Sega. That's that's just yeah. what it was. So they kind of took it for granted that hey, you know, we're always going to be around. And then the mid-90s hit, and more people started showing up on the market. And then rather than having cross-platform games, people wanted their exclusives. And Sega, like you said, didn't really put a lot of of um, weight into that. They didn't. And the only one they really had that was like, you when you think of Sega, you think of Sonic. Yeah. yeah. When you think of Nintendo, you think of Mario. And the problem is Mario was so big. That yeah, I still get people that say, "Do you have Mario for for Xbox?" Oh God! Do you have Mario for PlayStation? 
Yeah. Like, they just think the Mario name, you know, and, and Sonic is another one, but now Sonic is also diverged because now Sega is mainly just gaming now. So that way they're not focusing on the systems. They can make all their money on the games they want to create. But even still, they're really not... I think what he's getting at is that they're really not making good games anymore. And they're not, a, like, no. they're not as, as powerful, I think. And I think it, kind of going with the character base, too, is that Nintendo created this whole entire world where kids kind of grow up with that and they develop characters and they keep adding character bases on that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like from a girly perspective, you've always had Princess Peach, but then um, yellow faced one. What's the yellow uh, one? Knuckles. Daisy. Oh, Daisy. Yeah. Or oh, like the yeah, tomboy. What ones. did, yeah. What did Sega really come up with? They, they had, they had Sonic. Yeah. And that was that truly, that was about it. And then I guess if you really want to pull out an obscure reference, the, uh, the knight from, um, Nights into Dreams. That's right. that's mm-hmm. really and they, it. And they had they had Altered Beast was the only system. The dude that. from Crazy Taxi, but like who the hell can relate yeah. to that guy? You know, and 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 a lot of it came down to too. Um, somebody can prove me wrong on this, and that would be great. But uh, I really believe that the companies that were trying to get into the business bought out a lot of their information in games, mm-hmm. so they would never see the light of day. There are games out there that are getting produced every day by people spending years on them. That will never see the light of day because the the whoever they are Xbox or Sony or whatever they don't want them to have that on their console. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll buy them out and you won't ever you won't ever see the light of day of those games. That's sad. <laughs> well, as long as the people that are making it get money. Yeah, I mean they're getting yeah, paid. But their dreams and ideas are crushed. That's yeah. why Xbox Live Arcade and all those little small ones now are. Well, and are that's, getting bigger and bigger because now it's just private people making them, and that's where the indie movement the, came up. Yeah, and the indie movement's yeah. coming in, but because you before know. you had to be affiliated with one of the big names to, um, to to get your game out. Right. You know the same thing can be said about Sierra. Uh, Sierra was a huge, huge company. Yeah. Uh, back in the '90s, that made PC games. Um, now. You might see one or two games with uh, Sierra on there, or their, you know, collaboration, collaboration with other companies. Um, you know, Nintendo hasn't gone outside of Mario and Zelda. Those are the two big titles you think of, mm-hmm. and I guess Kirby, yeah, a little bit, and Donkey Kong. But those are Donkey Kong to me is related to Mario because that's, yep, <laughs> you know, where they mm-hmm. got their start. So, um, I think I really think that Sega was onto something with the Dreamcast, but I think, in my opinion, Sega's demise was one of those rare instances of you're you're too far ahead of your time. People aren't ready for this. And that kind of worked against them, along with all those other factors, too. But but the Dreamcast was ahead of its time. It, it was. And that's the other thing, too, is Sega also wanted... Sega was doing what Nintendo was doing, mm-hmm. which was giving the their quality seal. Um, whereas, you know, they're not going to let anybody just throw a game on their console. Yeah. And I think because of that, they lost a lot of other small time developers who were letting people get on. Whereas on the opposite spectrum, PlayStation was like, Oh, you got a game for us. Let's put it out there. Yeah. yeah. You got a game. Let's put it out there. You got it. Oh, let's do it out. Let's do that. Let's put it out there. And I think that's what, what drove the PlayStation to be the console, the indisputable console leader for, for two full generations. 
Um, you know, the, the people could say that the N64 was fantastic and it, it was, it would had a lot of really good games, but the PlayStation like truly redefined where we went with gaming. And then the PlayStation two is arguably one of the most impressive and, and, and life altering consoles ever. Um, mm -hmm. I just don't think Sega was really driving that. Let's get good games on here. They were being too selective with what they put out. Right. And yeah, they lost a lot focusing... of money on their consoles because they were making the consoles. Yeah. And they weren't selling them. Yeah. So that's another. That's another. It was just this this there. huge perfect storm of shitty circumstances that brought about the demise of Sega, and it's it's unfortunate because I I'm really curious to see what a a modern day Sega system would look like. Probably be the yeah. Xbox. <laughs> Do you think if Sega would have survived, we would have seen Microsoft? I don't. I don't think. I don't know. It's a tough one. You know. I think so. If you want to take a step back too with this question, what happened to Atari? That's true. You know. That's but the... I didn't live through the Atari era, so that's one thing that I'm. You know, I know about it. I'm not super knowledgeable about it. Right. I don't have firsthand experience. So. I bet you they're both the same. Atari still makes games, and they make good games. That's the difference. So the yeah. the last really good Sega game to come out, well, they're, they're starting to turn around with Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. That is that is a good game from Sega. Right. They so. made some of the Aliens games, too, didn't they? Yeah. They it's made a Alpha Protocol, which was good, but could have been better. They made um actually you know what I'm going to I'm going to take that back. I'm just I want to fact check this and uh make sure that it's a Sega game. Yeah, Binary Domain. Um Sega sent me a copy of this to review earlier this year and like okay, it's a Sega game. Yeah, it's going to be okay. And like I was truly blown away by this game and I was trying to bring a lot of exposure to it because it is a good shooter done by Sega. Great story, great characters. Um kind of your generic third-person shooter, but the simple fact that, hey, you know what? Sega still can make good games. They just, I think they're kind of terrible with their advertising and, and you know, building hype. Right. And, you know, it, as uh, as I'm thinking here about this, an interesting contrast, look how many sequels there are now mm -hmm. um, since the PlayStation, well, since Xbox Mission 3 came out, prior to... State, you know, PlayStation and the and the cartridge movement. There wasn't a whole lot of sequels or, or even threes. Yeah. And you know, this console cycle has been a lot longer, so we're getting a lot of those. But now there's like these companies that are making games have found their cash cows. Oh yeah. Like Call of Duty to mm -hmm. me, and people who listen to the show are probably going to agree with me because they probably don't play Call of Duty because they actually like good games. <laughs> it are the worst. Like. The the first two and three were okay back when the World War Two and the, before the multiplayer became really big. You, yeah. you, it was an interesting game. It was fun to play. And then it seems like they they found this online aspect to it. And now, now that's all they worry about. Yeah. People play the same apps over and 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 over again. They get good at them and they just keep going. You can no longer just sit on the couch and play with your buddy. You have to have uh, you know internet and playing with them on their own house. Um, yeah. But then, like, the storyline is, like, two hours long to beat it, you know, and they just keep See, pushing them out. I think that those games appeal to the non-gamer gamers. That's right, an I interesting feel... bunch. I feel like the the shooter crowd is what used to be the sports fan crowd. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, other than Madden, 
growing up through the you know thing. You always wanted the new manner. You wanted the NFL quarterback club. Mm. You know, each one had their own different one before that company went out to the nine eight nine studios. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, there wasn't a lot. There was just the one game. This is it. You know, look at Final Fantasy. Good example of that company. I mean, it's one game. It's our. It's our. We're gonna do this, and they move on to something else, and then they'll move on to you know another type of game. You know what I mean? Like there's all these different types of trying to get something new. Mm-hmm. And now it just seems like it's like, well, here's the model. Let's just make new faces, throw them in there. Yeah, and people buy them because it's got that name on it. Right. You know, like, so that's partly what's gone wrong. Aren't we being kind of hipster in our definition of games, though? Shh. Shit. All right. I'm just talking about cartography. Yeah, car- <laughs> just we'll go with cartography. All right. Um, we got one from Zach. Zzz. That's Yeah, that's all it says, Zach. It's got a bunch of S's and Z's. Hey, Eric Peterson and his elite group of podcasters. I'm assuming he's referring to you two. Uh, I am 14, so obviously I missed a lot of great games growing up. 14, that would put him at 98. Okay. Oh, my God. Don't remind me. Yeah, we're old. Um, I had a PS2, but being a Nintendo kid, I rarely played it. So my question is this. Are there any PS1 and PS2 games that I missed that I should go back and play? Obviously, the answer is yes. yes. There are tons. Arguably the two best systems of all time. Um, well, no, I don't want to say that because some people are going to take me as a fanboy. Two arguably best really good systems. There we go. Um, hopefully that's the only... <laughs> that even makes sense. Shut up. Or make it better. Well, Zach, you should definitely play the Smurfs game. Shut up. Oh my god. Phenomenal. You should definitely <laughs> You know, you should definitely play if you're into uh I mine forte on that was the siphon filter games for the PS1. Yes. That's shooters. That kind of uh, like that ushered in the third person shooter genre. Yes. You also have uh, Brave Fencer Musashi. Okay. Uh Xeno Xeno Gears. What about Xeno um, Saga? Xeno Saga was on the PS2 and it was not the same. Or no no no, not Xeno Saga. Um yeah, Xeno. Xeno Saga came out on the PS2. That was that was. Really oh bad. yeah, those are like, the really it long. Like a, it epic. was like a prequel or something to. Yeah, Xenos, no, that's not the one I'm sense. thinking of. Um, so there's the Xenos. Any of the Final Fantasies that came out on the PS. Uh, Saga Frontier. Two. That's what I'm thinking of. Saga Frontier is also a good one. Um, I think if we were to really to boil it down, if you want to truly experience what the PlayStation One was, Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Um, the Final Fantasy seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I'm missing some good ones, and they're downstairs in my room too. Um, Star Ocean, uh, Parasite Eve, Parasite Eve two. I feel like we're really focusing on RPGs. Well, unfortunately, though, Square Enix had the best game, so that's probably part of the problem. How about uh, Resident Evil? Soft at the time. Resident Evil one, two, and three. Okay. Odd World, Abe's Exodus, and Abe's Odyssey. Oh, f- phenomenal. Gran Turismo. Yep. Uh, I think for the PS2, there's far more games for that that I can recommend. Yeah. But of course, you got Rygar, the remake of that. There's the God of War series. God of War. There's, um, uh, if you Shadow want to, Colossus. Yep. Uh, Ico. Uh, Dark Cloud is actually okay Dark Cloud One and Two well. were fantastic. Yep. But along um, that same line, um, from Level Five, makers of Nino Kuni coming out. Mm-hmm. You may have heard about it. Let me tell you about it later. Nino Kuni. Um, Rogue Galaxy. <laughs> By far, seen. one of the the best RPGs I've ever played. Yeah. Again, I think the problem we 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 all like RPGs. That's 
I'm starting to uh, Jack and Dexter, Sly Cooper, Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, because you now have played these, you're in luck if you have a PlayStation 3. Because it seems like all the very great games that came out in the PS2 are now being redone in high definition and triple packs. Well, they're even available the on the PSN store for like four ninety nine. There's no right. way you will find a copy of any of the Final Fantasies or Parasite Eve or anything like that for under $35 in the store. Right. But it's worth buying it just to have it until you have it and yeah. the other guy doesn't. All right. We've got a question from Matthew Popick. This guy, I like his question. We're gonna, we're actually gonna give him something for this. Uh, he says, "Hey, FSP Crew Factory Sealed Podcast." Okay, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> let's try to figure out what the P was. Like, okay, shut up. I know that before. <laughs> I know that before video games became mainstream, uh, there was a time where the people who were seen playing video games were classified by their peers as nerdy loser kids. I was wondering if this affected you when you were younger, such as when you were in high school. Did you get picked on for your love of video games? Did you try to hide it? Was the love of video games a universal thing and nobody really got bullied for it? Or did this not affect you at all because I'm thinking of a different time period? Thanks for reminding us we're old. Uh, P.S. If you're still giving away the Assassin's Creed artwork, I would love having it. Oh, guess what? You're going to get it. Best wishes Yay. to your future podcast episodes, <laughs> Matt. Okay. I like this question uh, for a couple reasons, aside from the fact that it really, really dates us. Um, yeah, we came from a time when gaming was not mainstream. I think gaming has really only hit truly mainstream in the past five years. And it depends on the game, too, I think. Well, look at look at Times Square when Call of Duty Black Ops came out. Arguably one of the busiest intersections in the world. And they had one of the largest banners there with Black Ops 2 on it. You would not have seen that 15 years ago anywhere No, for any game. Even a Mario game, the biggest Mario game ever, would not have seen that. So I think to say that kids from our generation got picked on for gaming, yeah, definitely. But I... I don't think I ever did, in all honesty. I don't, I don't think I ever got picked on for gaming. I think I got... I think I got... I made friends... People were well, like, oh, think, you have that? Let me, you know. I think a lot of it, what it comes down to is, first of all, who do you associate with? And being a teacher, I can say that kids try to associate with people who really, regardless of whether or not they should, they're not going to get along with those people. They want to be part of the cool crowd. And if you're not part of the cool crowd, let's face it, you're probably not meant to be. I'm, I know that sounds stupid, but like that's not your crowd. Find the people that you get along with that you relate to rather than trying to strive to Look, be with the, people that aren't like you. The, the people you hang out with are the cool crowd. Yeah. That's ex- okay. That's, that's what I was trying to say. That's, that's the best way to put it. The people you hang out with are the cool crowd. Because honestly, who, who gives a shit if, you know, somebody doesn't like what you're interested in, find people who are interested in what you're interested in and you have more common ground because, who wants to hang out with people that you don't have anything in and common I, with? And I can guarantee you. Yeah, but you guys are boys. True. I don't remember. I honestly don't think I know of any girls growing up that played video games. Whenever we had video game parties, no girls ever came. But I then think that was it, the and, difference, though. There weren't that, Growing up, there weren't as many of the girl gamers, which is why girl gamers in, in the last five, 
10 years maybe seemed to be more like, oh, my God, she's a gamer, and you get all the booth babes and all that, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, just, uh, what's her name, on uh, uh, Morgan, you know, Morgan Webb, yeah. and things like that, and they're like, oh, it's Morgan Webb, she plays video games, oh, geez, and they're like, you know, like, they're, she's the only one in the whole world who does, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and it's I just like... I think that's why, because growing up, like, I never, like, unless it was my cousins, I didn't play video games with other guys, because it was just, like, you didn't do it, because girls yeah. got made fun of. Or you'd and be girls, better than the guys, and they get all pissed off and tell you to get the hell out. I still think yeah, girls in girls gaming is kind mean. of a taboo. Thing. Well, not taboo, but it's still kind of a a new concept. Like, go online and play Call of Duty, and then the second you hear a girl speak, two things happen. One of two things happens. Everybody gets really quiet, or they start making fun of her. Look, yeah, and, the reason why and we judging make, everything. Yeah. The reason why we make fun of you... Is because you're taking one other thing away from us. True. Look, you already took away a lot of things that we can't do. We can't have babies. You yep. took that away from us. We, but, we, I will give we used you to be able to be the breadwinners right, right and go to now. work and leave you at home. We, you took that away from us. Aaron, I'm going to throw the trump card down on this, though. <laughs> we can pee standing up. I've seen women do that. That's so disgusting, that though. Too. <laughs> Look, man, when they got to go, they got to go. Okay, I, I'll give that to you. <laughs> and and uh, I'm making a lot of slack for this, so I'm not even now. I'm not going to say it. Oh, Sorry. just you say, have to say it. it now. I can't, I can't look. We used to be able to vote, and you couldn't. Now you can. Vote. <laughs> taking taking it all. Oh my god! Now you're taking away our game. You're taking away the only thing <laughs> we can do. There's no more, you know, girls only, only boys only club. Keep girls out. I was yeah. gaming, and now you're taking that from us too. They took strip clubs we know away you're better from than us, us too. Stop bragging about it. They had to get male yeah. strip clubs. Do you know why you have your monthly time? It's because God's punishing you <laughs> for taking all that for stuff away. For taking away all the stuff that guys like. See, I know you're. And in joking. return, you punish us. <laughs> but I think you might want to protect yourself now and be like, ha ha. I am. I am kidding, guys. I'm not. I'm not really serious. Yeah. Don't this. take any of that seriously. No, not at all. And and but the kids that are in school that had that question, uh, I can tell you right now, nothing that happens in in high school matters unless you're like in politics in high school has any meaning outside of high school once you get out. But that's being a teacher. That's so hard for kids to understand. Like they want. They want yeah. so badly they, to be they, accepted. They can't because that that is their life. You 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 get up. You're alive. You go to school, that, that is your life. And then once you get out of high school and you no longer have that, like, sense of uh, a place to be, mm-hmm. um, then that's when you realize that, man, I guess I could have done things a lot differently in to high school. To put it into or... perspective, I I had a lot of friends in high school. I keep up with exactly one from high school just because everybody goes their separate way and you keep in touch with the people that really matter and, you know. I think I have three that I talk to. Yeah, but... and you probably and... went to a school that was ten times bigger than mine. Yeah, I was, high school was hell for me. I was bullied, like, basically every school (laughs) was hell for me. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that I wasn't, I wasn't bullied. I was bullied for other things, but it definitely wasn't for gaming. I was never bullied for gaming because I never told anyone that I like playing video games. See, I always told people I like playing video games. I'd do video game doodles. I would be always writing stories. I'd have, you know, I, we didn't have handheld gaming then, but, you know, on the weekends, I'd, be at home playing a game and buddy would, buddies would come over and play games and people knew that we were having halo parties and stuff like that so we didn't hide yeah. it it's a it's a weird thing you know I've, i see people come in my age 
looking for games for their kids or whatever, and they've never never played a video game before. And I to me that to me that's mind boggling. Yeah, it's like you're mm-hmm. 30 years old and you've never played a video game. Like you don't know what an Xbox or you don't know you don't know what a PlayStation is. You don't know what a, a Nintendo is. I feel like, like to be part of modern society. To like to be a contributing member, you have to be at least be on nodding terms with with the gaming culture because it's so pervasive right now. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a cash cow, man. It's it's, it's a everywhere. big business now. It's a it's a huge business. You know, it does probably just as much money as Hollywood does in most in some of these cases, which is why you see that big banner in Hollywood in Times Square because now the companies can afford to put it there. Yeah, because they know that they can put. 20 cents into making a game and then make three sequels of it of the same game but with different faces (laughs) i think it takes a little bit more than 20 cents (laughs) but yeah going back to that though i think kind of like for females it's tough because females are vicious vicious to each other like they're not just they don't physically torture you they mentally abuse you until you want to crack but I think kind of growing up now, you have so many different outlets in your life that you can take and different connections you can make and different friends like But that's also You guys are my friends. Yeah. Of course because we, you know, we've found common ground, but then again, I think that can also be a dangerous step too is that people will recede into their their online worlds and that's that's a whole other conversation true we got one more question all right this one comes from ryan from ottawa canada yeah canada it's not about poutine or beaver tails are from ottawa or about moose mounted monties damn moose mounted monties there we go how about monty the monty is that like the fool I, i don't know what i'm even saying i don't know either all right, he says, hi, guys. My question I have for you is when you go buy retro games, do you shop around for the breast price? The, the breast price. Best price. The breast price? The breast price. Freudian slip there. Yeah, Freudian mm. slip. Well, of course. I'm a guy. We're going uh, to the sexpo? Yeah. We go to the, the gaming sexpo for the breast price. All right. Yep. Or just pay the price at one store when you see it. For me, the answer is absolutely not. I will never go into a store and see a game and be like, yep, I want that game and buy it. I will never do that because for me, it's the thrill of like finding the game and making sure it's the best shape and the best deal. And, and I guess for me, more often than not, when I want a game, I don't really buy it right away. I like to, I like that, that sense of, I really want this game. I really want it. I really want it. I really want it. And then, you know, preventing yourself from buying it when you see it. Um, because there's that, that mindset of like, maybe I'll find a sealed one or maybe I'll find a better one. And I don't know, I guess I just go with the mindset of you'll buy it when you know it's the right time to buy it. But I don't buy retro games online simply because it's too easy. I like that answer. That's good. And I think too, yeah, it's kind of like the thrill of the hunt as you put it. And in in a small city, I guess one of our listeners, uh, Vic Mies, I, he he always shares his stories with me. Um, and he's from Norway, isn't he? Yeah, he he's the emo kid from Norway. Yep the the uh, the the guy who is obsessed with games but can't find any games because he lives in Norway. 
Mm. Norway or Finland? Finland. He's Finnish. Finnish. Okay. Yeah, Finnish. All right, Finnish. All right. But he says that for him, he, he has to buy his games online, and they're so expensive. Um, just mainly for shipping and to find the right regions and stuff like that. So um, I'm fortunate enough to have some incredible used game stores down here. They're a little overpriced, but... Um, it's to to me that's more meaningful to actually go to a location, see the copy that you're going to pick up, l- physically look at it, inspect it, make sure that it's absolutely 100% what you want rather than take somebody's word for it on the internet and look at some crappy pictures. Yeah, I'm a bargain hunter too though. Oh yeah. Yeah, I uh, when it comes to the retro games, uh looking for even if it's a board game or or anything like that. I'm the same way. I'll I'll take my time to find the right one I need, and I'm willing to buy it online. But if I do, I'm getting like the research on it. I'm like emailing him, like, can you send me a picture? Can uh, what's the quality of it? This you know, lighting. The and one this thing angle. that I can suggest for people yeah. too, if if you're going to be buying old cartridges, especially online, have them send you a picture of. I know they do this on the Game Boy Advance cartridges, but there's an impression on the back that says. Uh, Nintendo, then it's got the model number and AGB, whatever for Game Boy Advance. Um, I was looking for years for a copy of uh, Luffy of the Ruins of Lore for Game Boy Advance. And I first time I came down to visit in Phoenix, I found a copy of it and I, I bought it. And I got in the car and I was just inspecting it and I looked on the back. And the Nintendo, everybody knows the Nintendo logo. It's Nintendo with the big oval around it. And I was looking at it, and it didn't quite look right. Something looked off. So I, I was looking closer at it, and I noticed that the I was actually an L. So I pulled out another Game Boy Advance game, and sure enough, I mean, this the, the sticker was a little faded. It didn't quite look as good. So it's it's really, really easy, super easy to bootleg cartridge games. So it, that's why it's important to, to, to know what you're looking for. And again, I wish... Ben Schrader were on here because that guy is a veritable fountain of knowledge when it comes to knowing what to look for. But that's why I don't buy online because I want to look at this stuff. Yeah. Ben, Ben, Ben. We'll get but it. But I do, I do just go, if I want something, I go out and buy it. Like, I don't look for a sale. I don't look for a good price. I no, just... you're not going to find sales. But then again, you, you know, you might, you might stumble upon a better looking copy like I was trying to do with Faxanadu. Right. But I guess I'm making it was if I want something like in general. I guess I was going. Oh yeah. On a different topic, same topic, but same discussion. Like yeah. My wife's the big shopper. She'll go and save and drive across town with a coupon, and then you know get the sale price, and then you know get the advertised price, and she'll pay like two dollars for this fifty dollar item. Yeah. And then I'll go in, and be like, here's one hundred twenty dollars, thanks, and then leave. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and you Guys wonder why you broke. Couponing. Uh, all right. Well, I don't buy much. I'm too busy working. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for emails. Uh, if you want to write us in any questions, factory sealed at manatank.com. Uh, we don't have any game suggestions from fans this week. So. It's probably because they thought the show was canceled. Yeah. That's true. I've been keeping them in the loop. Well, that's good. So, I don't have time to get on Twitter and much any of the either. So. The, the Twitterverse? The Twitter or the, the Facebox. Twitter. So I feel like next show we're going to we're gonna wrap up our, our final thoughts on Illusion of Gaia when we get to the ending of it. Um, I, think it's, I think it's a pretty fair... <laughs> I think it's pretty fair that we can spoil the ending. Should we spoil endings of games? 
I I don't love think we should. Why don't we spoilers. wait till we hear back from fans on that? Yeah. Okay. Here's a question for you: <sighs> Should we spoil the ending of retro games, especially like RPGs, or not? Yes. I know you spoilers like having are things awesome spoiled because they give you something to look forward to. I could see that. Also, let us know what you want us to play. Uh, we're we're probably going to try to do a show next week, so we need something something short. Aaron, you got any suggestions since uh, Jess and I have made the last few? Well, let's see. I want to find something that I know I have time to play. So I'm going to go with... I'm going to switch it up. Let's, let's, let's see if we can get some, uh, some siphon filter in. Oof, I'm going to have to track down a copy. Now, I bring this up because uh, it was one of my favorite series on the PS1. That we talked about already, mm-hmm. but the combat system in it was tank style, not like Resident Evil tank style, I don't think, but it was like that tank motion, and not like the controls of a normal first-person shooter today. Yeah. And so when you go back, I went to back to play it recently, and I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, and I used to be awesome at this game. <laughs> Um, so that's why I think it'd be fun to go back and play that again. So that'd okay. be my suggestion. All right. Um, I will see if I have a copy of that and then, uh, we'll see what else we can dig up. So if you have any suggestions, shoot them to us. That's going to do it. This is a, this is a good, a good length. This is actually about a half hour longer than what we usually do. Yeah. So. Well, they deserved it. And I, I'd like to apologize everybody for the, the late, late show on this. It's all right. We'll uh, we'll get back in the groove. We got some really cool stuff coming down the pipeline that we're trying to iron out, um, but that's gonna do it. Any final? Happy thoughts? belated Thanksgiving, guys. No, ours is ours is in two days, three days. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the belated Thanksgiving. No, it's the real Thanksgiving. Belated. We're gonna gorge on turkey. I'm thankful all the time. I gotta have I American Thanksgiving. My sister's coming home from America land. Oh, so America she's I get to have Thanksgiving again. Hey, hey, Jessica, I have a question for you since you're Canadian. Or live yes. in Canada, I should say. Canadians. What do the what are the Canadians talk what are they saying about these you know, the this unsuccessions of some of the states that are happening down here? Is there a lot of big talk about that up there? Unsuccessions? There's like okay because we're states coming up are, on the, states are the filing posi- petitions to secede from the union, right? Because uh, you know we're coming up on the Civil War anniversary and things, so it's a big topic and things like that. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's been happening for a long time in Texas and Louisiana, but it doesn't really like how anywhere. Quebec always wants to separate from Canada. Yeah, I guess so, exactly. Yeah. I was just curious if there's any talk up there about that. No, I haven't heard much about that at all, actually. All right. Well, this isn't a political podcast. No, so. it's not. It was just a question. I had. Okay. We, cool. You can probably right. cut that out. I'm sure. No way. People Leave have to hear there. that. All right. All right. Till next time. You can follow me on the Twitter at Honest Pizza. And follow me at Quilt the Tunic. Capital and Q. Capital T. What? Capital <laughs> Q. Capital T. I don't think the capitals matter. All right, man. Whatever. Yeah, I don't think they do either. Well, I'm... You've simplified yours. I don't think Jess has simplified hers yet. I did. I don't buy it. It's Jess M. Clarkson. How do you spell Clarkson? Like Clarkson. (laughs) Thank you for telling me how to spell a word with saying it again. (laughs) How could you you spell Clarkson differently? How do you spell homage? Uh, Homage.
You, you spell it like homage. How do you spell your last name? Peterson. Is that Peterson like, or Peterson? Yeah, exactly. Let's Mine's a little bit more. Right that's <laughs> with a D. That Jeff M. Clarkson. All right, that's Easy. that's going to do it. Till next week. Thank you for enduring us yet again. We will see you next time. Bye.